This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke. Today, we're talking college football with Tyler King as the Buffs get ready to head to Arizona State, and the CSU Rams head to Logan, Utah to play Utah State. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke, and we are talking CU Buffs and college football with Tyler King today. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, kind of looking at this CU Buffs Arizona State matchup. But before we jump into that, let's get a let's talk a little bit about last week's uh, USC loss. Um, 48-41, Buffs fall. Uh, Buffs were down big. Was it thirty four seven at one point, or was it good? Yeah, bad? 40, 34 seven, 41 14. They were down twenty seven. You know, multiple times and made that you know pretty impressive comeback there in the late in the third and early in the fourth quarter. So that that impressive comeback, I mean, people noticed uh, that they came back. And, of course, Dion noticed and had some comments after the game about if you don't see what's coming at CU, you're blind or you're, you're out of your mind. That was it. Um, so I kind of agree with him. I, I mean, you know, the the freshman talent is amazing. So so what, what do you see from some of these young players that really showed out in that game? Yeah, I thought that game was kind of defined by the, the freshmen. Obviously, this is going to be – um, the era of Deion Sanders at Colorado is going to be defined by the transfer players with Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter and Shiloh Sanders and, you know, Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn, all these guys that have come in from other programs. But um, Omarion Miller and Cormani McLean, I thought, were the two uh, big talking points after the game, at least. Uh, and those are two true freshmen, a part of that first uh, recruiting class for Deion Sanders that got quickly put together last December um, after he got here. Cormani was part of the um, the second signing period in February, but Omarion Miller, a former Nebraska commit, ironically, um, but a Louisiana kid that, you know, joined the Buffs last, uh, or I think it was, he committed to the Buffs on Christmas Eve last year. Um, so, you know, the true freshman that is, we've definitely seen the talent and the potential in practice, but uh, I don't think anybody expected him to do that. I mean, Deion Sanders admitted it himself after the game that he did not expect uh, that kind of performance from Omarion Omar Miller. I mean, 196 yards that broke the record for a CU freshman wide receiver for receiving yards in the game. So um, I definitely think he's going to be a big part of this offense going forward. And on the defensive side, I think Cormani McLean is going to be the starting cornerback this week um, as long as Travis Hunter's out, which will probably be, you know, until after the bye, you know, so he's going to get a couple more weeks out. And I think Cormani McLean is going to have a big role until Travis comes back. Um, and same for Omarion Miller on offense. I think both those guys are going to be counted on now uh, for the next cu- couple of weeks as CU looks to get back on track after, you know, a two-game losing streak here. I feel like every time we talk, there's some sort of record being broken. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the talent at receiver is ridiculous that Miller wasn't even on the field for the first couple games. And then he goes for almost 200. Like I've never seen a receiver room stacked like this at CU. I don't know if you can remember anything like that. And it also helps that, I mean, Shador every week just proves to me that he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah, he, that was a really good kind of like get back game, get right game for Shador after um, that was a it was just a struggle kind of all afternoon long in Oregon the week before. Um, he's been the most sacked quarterback in the country so far this season, but and I think it kind of affected him in that Oregon game. He really was not looking to run at all or do anything to kind of help out the offense. He was kind of stick, you know, staying back in the pocket and taking some sacks and holding on the ball a little too long, which that's been maybe the, the only criticism you could have of him so far this season is that he holds on to the ball a little too long. 
Um, but you saw early in the USC game, he was stepping up in the pocket. He was taking off and running. He had the late in the first half, right for half them. He had the, the I think it was a 25 yard touchdown run where, I mean, it looked like they were trying to get the ball to Michael Harrison, but his route just kind of cleared out, you know, an ocean of space in the center of the field. And Shador, uh, who has impressed me with his athleticism this season, I did not expect him. I, I mean, I, as someone who's watched him, you know, all off season and, you know, watching his tape from Jackson state, it's, he's not really a dual threat quarterback. Like people just have the stereotypes for a black quarterback. Um, he really is a pocket passer and he's a very good pocket passer, but um, he showed off his athleticism the other day against USC. Uh, and that was, that was pretty impressive, but he just makes these throws every week that are NFL type throws. And um, we're talking about Omari and Miller and that touchdown, I think early in the early in the fourth quarter that cut it to a 14 point game was just on the run and into yeah. like a seemingly non-existent window. He fits it in there to Miller, who's kind of sliding to the ground to make the catch. I mean, that was an impressive play on both ends, but for, uh, Miller had a great catch on that. But I mean, Shador Sanders, wow, that's an NFL type throw. Um, and, and Peter King was at the game this past weekend, and he was kind of raving about that play after the game with Shador and, and with Dion um, after, at, in the post-game press conferences because – I mean, it does seem like Colorado's got an NFL prospect at quarterback right now. And it's not a matter of, you know, when it's it, or if it's when he goes to the NFL draft and becomes, you know, a top 10 pick, it seems like. And um, I'm pretty confident. I feel like that he's going to stay an extra year, but I am too. You, you never know. You never know. I feel like um, the, he played against the number one pick, the pretty, I'm pretty positive. Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick uh, in April, but um, Shador Sanders looked the part, you know, going up against him. That's for sure. It didn't look like there was a big um, disparity in talent from the two quarterbacks in this past week's game. And I think what impressed me most about that throw you're talking about is that was also fourth down, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fourth and five from like the 15 yard line, and he's rolling out to his right and just fires it into the end zone. I mean, they needed to make that play at the at that time, or the or the the comeback would have been off at that point, obviously, but. You know, they kept it going until the end of the game there with the, how impressive they were. You know, and, and talking about the comeback a little bit, that one drive there that they took so much time, and Shador talked about it, I think, after the game with with the media. Like, something was up with them. Like, was Shador checking to those runs? Yeah, he was. was yeah. Call? What was going on there? Yeah, Shador kind of has taken the blame for this. We haven't actually talked to Sean Lewis really all season. Um, we have, The rest of the media, we haven't gotten to him, but – you know, Schnorr, we had him after the game. We had him the other day as well. I mean, he kind of took the blame for that. He was, he said he was checking into the runs. He just didn't like the play calls and didn't think the guys, all 11 guys were going to be in sync. So that was his decision, he said. And um, at least that's just a, you know, a learning experience because obviously they can't take that long. I mean, when you get the ball back with like, I think it was like 558, they got the ball back, you know, down 14. You have to be, as you know, Joel Klatt and some other guys have said, you have to be in two minute drill at that point you have to score i think you got to be trying to score in three minutes at, at that point so that way you even with just one even if they were able to save the timeout and have just one timeout i mean that you got to be able to with the nfl clock rules now in college you got to be able to to give your defense a chance to at least get a one stop or get a three and out so you could at least you know force a punt even if it is with 50 seconds left i mean you can't just be relying on an onside kick in the last two minutes because 
as we saw, I don't think CU has a kicker that's you know very very good at that because that one had I don't even think it went ten yards. <laughs> that that on just the ground just, ball. It was not. Yeah, great. It, it really it really it was very anticlimactic ending to the game because CU has all this momentum. They you know twenty unanswered points and then the, the uh, onside kick goes right to USC and it's like oh well that's the game right there. Let's just take three knees and it's over. So real quick before we move on to Arizona State, I, I have to ask. Is Oregon better than USC? Um, they might be. I don't. I don't know. Um, they're definitely more physical at both lines of scrimmage. They definitely have you know a better defense. But um, I, I don't. I don't know. The, it, that would be a fascinating game. Fascinating game to watch. I'm not sure if they play each other um, down the road. But you know, I I think Oregon is better better than I expected. USC hasn't take the as defense hasn't gotten any better like I thought they might this year they still seem to have those similar issues I think a lot of Trojan fans were having flashbacks to the Cotton Bowl last year when they blew that game against Tulane blew that big lead um may, maybe Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12 right now I would kind of say my team that I think is the best in the Pac-12 right now is Washington that just seems to be the most complete team for me, I think they have the offense to not only keep up with USC with Michael Penix and Roma Dunze and the offensive line they have there, uh, but I think they have a defense as well that's you know actually capable of getting some stops when they need to. So um, Oregon Washington is going to be a fascinating game later this season, but you know I, I think Washington right now should be viewed as the top team in, in the Pac-12. But I mean Oregon USC are all right there, are both right there behind them, I think, and then you know Oregon State Washington State behind them. So I just pull up USC schedule real quick. In like a six, so they play Arizona this week, and then after that, they go Notre Dame, Utah, back to back. Then they have Cal in there, and then they go Washington, Oregon, back to back, and then end the year at UCLA. Or against that's, UCLA. That's, that's a pretty crazy schedule right there. Yeah, so I mean, there, there, there's plenty. Yeah, I, I'm on a, I'm on the Washington bandwagon like you, man. That they're good, and they, uh, I mean, the past. Pac-12, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the year. Pac-12 is no joke. Yeah, the Pac-12 um, is certainly going out with a bang in its final in its final season. Every It seems like there's going to be really competitive game. I'm sure we'll talk about you know this week's schedule, but there's going to be really interesting games every week going forward in this conference. And, I mean, so and, – and, honestly, if the Buffs win these next two games and get to 5-2, and two, they could probably start creeping back into the rankings, I'd have to imagine. Yeah, probably. I think teams, people are going to want to rank them. You know, it's, it's, it'll be fun to have a number by their name. So, you know, I think if they get these two wins here, like we expect, they should um, be able to get back in there. And, you know, maybe they'll have a ranked game against UCLA. We'll see what that looks like next month. Um, yeah. Or not next month, later this month at the at the end of the month, that'll be a, that'll be the next test for this team for sure. All right. So let's talk about this Arizona state game. Uh, the buffs are a road favorite, which I don't know the last time that's happened. I, I That's gotta be a while. It's gotta be a long, long time. Arizona state's not good. I think we can all just kind of agree that they're kind of in a transition year a little bit. Um, their offense is second to last in the pack 12. Um, I mean, I don't know if we want to predict a blowout, but I, I'm sure you see, I mean, Colorado is a superior team going into this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned, yeah, they are a four-point favorite in this game. Um, I'm a little surprised that it's not more than that, but I guess, you know, Arizona State is coming off some close losses. They lost at Cal this past weekend, and then uh, they lost by 14 at home against USC the week before, uh, which kind of exposed some, you know, defensive weaknesses for USC that Colorado, I think, <clears throat> was able to take advantage of. So, um, yeah, I definitely do think Colorado should be able to handle this team 
you know, a lot of their weaknesses play into what Colorado does well. You mentioned they are not a very good offense. They've had a tough schedule. They've played, you know, some uh, pretty good, you know, non-conference games against like Fresno State, Oklahoma State. Um, their one win was against, uh, you know, an FCS team in Southern Utah. But, you know, they, they, they're they averaging just 17 points per game offensively. I mean, they I think they're second last in yards per game. Utah only has less and Utah's had its own – Utah hasn't had its quarterback for the first five weeks of the season. So, um, you know, they're dealing with plenty of injuries at quarterback. They're on to their third starting quarterback now. Um, it's ironically Trenton Borgay who's going to start for them this week who – played against CU last year. I thought, you know, I've been saying all week that there was any team in the Pac-12 that I thought would have a different starting quarterback than the previous year that CU would play. I, th- I thought it would be Arizona State with all the transfers they had. Um, but, you know, Trenton Borgay's starting a quarterback for them, and they've got a guy, Cameron Scadabo at, at running back, who they'll use him in a variety of different ways. They'll have him throw it sometimes. Um, yeah, they've just got injuries kind of all over the field, and this really should be a game that CU is able to – kind of get back on track here because Arizona State, you know, they've already got the self-imposed bull ban. They're one and four. Like I said, they're 0 and four against FBS teams. So there there really is a chance for for CU to to get right back on track this week and look more like the team that we saw against Nebraska and, and CSU and even TCU early in the year. Yeah, I mean I'm just looking at some of Arizona's I mean like you said they've played three different quarterbacks. Oh, my goodness, five different? Well, the one guy is the running back who threw, but they've played four different quarterbacks this yeah. year so far. Yeah, three and, start, three starters and, like, three main guys. But, yeah, they've had a bunch of different guys throw passes so far this year, which is not ideal. It looks kind of looks like CU's um, passing stats from last yeah. year when they played about five different quarterbacks. Well, and I have to laugh. Like, their combined yards is 1,200, and Shador has 1,700. So, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's quite a, a – you know, and I don't think – and I'm sure you probably kind of agree with this, like – I don't think Dion lets these guys look past anybody. Like, I don't think they take anybody for granted. No, definitely not. I don't, I don't think they're going to look past either of, of these games. I mean, maybe he does that in terms of like injuries. Like this week he was saying that, you know, he hopes to keep Travis Hunter out until after the bye just to get him, you know, that extra week of, of rest. But um, I think they'll be ready to play this week. I, I don't, I don't imagine they'll be you know looking past, looking past anyone. All right, so we'll do predictions at the end. I think this this matchup doesn't. I mean, I guess this matchup doesn't have a lot of flair as the last couple have had, to be honest. Um, I guess that's why it's on the Pac-12 Network this week. Yeah, they're on the Pac-12 Network at four thirty. So I mean, that that shows um what people are seeing. So, but there is the little. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal there. uh, One hundred four degrees, right? Yeah, it's like a high of one hundred and one, and the game's kicking off in the dead middle of the afternoon. Uh, I do not envy the players in the field. I'll be in the press box that hopefully is nice and air conditioned on Saturday. But there, Kenny Dillingham had some, he said something about Dion, right? Or he had some sort of comment, didn't he? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, no, there's, there's, it's been mostly mutual respect this week. Okay. I mean, um, Dion had a comment. He was asked about, you know, if he knew Kenny Dillingham at all, obviously he's a young, you know, first year head coach at Arizona yeah. state, but um, you know, Dion said he actually, for a previous staff he was putting together Kenny Dillingham was a part of it so I'm I'm really just just fascinated by uh I was fascinated by that comment I was like where was that staff going to be and who was like and you know obviously Kenny Dillingham probably would have been his OC but like what you know where were you thinking of or putting a staff together potentially for because that's that's kind of interesting because now as more and more stuff has come out that I've been reading about last year at Jackson State it kind of seemed like Dion was 
very clearly from for most of the year expecting to not return there yeah so um that could have been you know something that was just like a tentative in the works thing but they definitely had conversations and um could have potentially worked together in a, in a different in a different universe so let's go to the pac 12 schedule only four games on the slate this week uh, a little bit got teams got some buys uh, probably the best game besides, you know, being excited about CU is probably Washington State, UCLA. Probably agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, UCLA is not ranked anymore, but, you know, that this is this is going to be a tough game for Washington State. Obviously, I'm really high on them. They're 4-0 right now. They've got really impressive wins um, against Wisconsin, you know, Oregon State. They, they, you know, they have a really, really good offense. Cam Ward has taken another step forward at quarterback for them this year. So, you know, that's going to be a tough game for them against UCLA. Let's see if – Freshman quarterback Dante Moore can carry them to a win, you know, at the Rose Bowl. But I mean, right now I think UCLA is a three and a half point favorite, which is yeah. interesting. Um, I, I thought I think you know Washington State should be favored in that game. I think their offense will travel pretty well. That could be a high scoring game for sure. But yeah, the other two games, you know, Oregon State at Cal and Arizona USC shouldn't be as close. But um, yeah, that's definitely a game to watch. I think all but one of the games are on Pac-12 Network this week. So. Definitely yeah. a weaker, a weaker slate for the Pac-12 this year, um, with some some key teams on a bye like Washington and Oregon. But uh, you know, going forward, it's going to be pretty crazy every week. So let's move over to CSU and the Mountain West. What's their schedule is even lighter. There's only three games in the Mountain yeah. West this week. Um, one pretty good game, uh, though, I think at least. Yeah, I was just going to say. So CSU coming up. Uh, CSU beat Utah Tech last week. I don't think we're going to dive too much into that. I don't think they're they're, they're two and no, two. I mean, they 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 won the game. They should have won. by a margin they should have won um they it was a rough first half with a couple weird lightning delays yeah multiple lightning delays so that's always makes it weird but they pulled away late like they should have Tory Horton's really good down Hoker's really good um Braden Fowler Nicolosi a quarterback took another step forward it seems like so that's about all I have to report on that one but now they like you said they go to Utah State this week to begin Mountain West play and that should be an interesting one I was gonna say they're the last team to open Mountain West play too so um yeah Utah State's always usually a pretty tough place to play for them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It did. And, you know, it's, I think CSU is a two-point favorite right now going into that game. Yep. Uh, Utah State had a close loss at UConn last week, which, you know, is a tough game going all the way across the country to play um, another FBS or FBS opponent. But um, CSU should win, I think, on paper. But I think the, the why the line is lower is because, it, like you said, it's a tough place to play in Logan. Like, it's not – it's historically a place – that CSU has had struggles and Utah state in general has beaten them the last couple of years in a couple of close games. So um, definitely a hump to get over against this Utah state team. I think they're definitely capable of doing it. And I think it's something they need to do to go on the road and, and win again this week, kind of like they did against middle Tennessee two weeks ago, um, go beat a pretty, uh, you know, go win a game in a hostile environment and uh, get the season on track and not less play. Cause you know, there is a potential that they could get to seven, six or seven wins here and, and reach a bowl game as well. Like we've been talking about for the Buffs, they have that potential. Um, but it's got to start this week for for Jay Norvell's team, you know, in Logan against Utah State. Uh, the best game in the Mountain West is Fresno State, who is ranked in 5-0, and heading up to, to Wyoming, whose yep. only loss is to Texas this year. Yep. So um, that should be a pretty good one. Um, you know, and I think Wyoming has Air Force next week, I believe. And uh, – Wyoming and Air Force. They uh, Wyoming beat yes, them. Yes, they do. Last year. Yeah. yeah. It's Air, Air, Air Force is at Wyoming next week. Or sorry, it's at it's at the Academy. Actually, it's at the Academy this year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that that's like that should be a fascinating game. And, and this week, I mean, Fresno State looks like the best team in the Mountain West. Air Force is right behind them. I, I feel like, uh, but yeah, Wyoming's been pretty impressive so far with um, on both sides of the ball. They've been, you know, a little bit of a different team this year. They beat Texas Tech in Week One, like we've talked about before. And you know, that this would be a pretty uh, big upset, I think. I mean, Fresno State's a six-point underdog on the road, or uh, it's favorite on the road. Excuse me, six Fresno State's a six-point favorite at Wyoming, and. That's obviously a tough place to play. Um, CSU has to go there later this year, which will be fun. Um, but yeah, Wyoming could be maybe in that second tier of Mountain West teams, which CSU could be in as well in a couple of weeks if they are able to rattle off some wins here. Uh, let's flip over to the national schedule. Uh, of course, there's Oklahoma, Texas is this weekend. Uh, the, big the other one. big game is Kentucky, Georgia, which is uh, Kentucky coming off that blowout win uh, over Florida. Georgia had all got all could handle from Auburn last week again. Um, but uh, what what do you like on the national schedule? Yeah, it's definitely Oklahoma, Texas. Obviously, the Red River rivalry uh, is back, and it's for the final time in the Big Twelve. Uh, it should be you know a fascinating game. Texas, I think, is a six and a half point favorite, but I wouldn't look overlook um, this Oklahoma team. They've been really impressive to start the season. They're they're five and zero. Oh. Um, they beat Cincinnati this past week, uh, or that was two weeks ago. Sorry, they. They blew out Iowa State this past week. Earlier, they had a big win over Cincinnati. They haven't really been tested yet, but they do look a lot more improved from the team that went 6-6 six and six in the regular season last season um, in Brent Venable's first year there. They definitely um, are a much much more talented team. I, the other game I like is LSU at Missouri. Um, LSU yeah. kind of really needs this game to to save their season. They're 3-2 and two right now. Um, it's they, still ranked. Uh, yeah, they're still ranked, but I mean, their their losses were against Florida State and at Ole Miss. So, yeah. and that was a that was a like a really high scoring game um, in Oxford last week. Um, but Missouri is five and zero off to a really good start. You know, they've got at, they've got to go at Georgia later in the year, so that's maybe when their Cinderella run could end, or maybe even next week when they go at Kentucky. But um, Missouri has been the surprise team in the SEC uh, so far this year, I think. Um, and, you know, if they're able to get a win over uh, Brian Kelly and LSU, I think that's just another impressive win for their resume as they look to creep up and maybe in the top 15 at some point this year. And uh, Bama goes to Texas A&M. A&M is four and one. So there's that's a pretty good one as well. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame goes out at, at Louisville. Oh, that was um, the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame could have lost last week. They almost lost that game yeah. at Duke. That was a great, great game to kind of end the day. Uh I thought Notre Dame was going to lose at, at Duke. I, I really like that Duke team. Um, it's a bummer that Riley Leonard kind of hurt his ankle at the end of that game. It could be out for a couple of weeks for them. But, um, yeah, Notre Dame kind of avoids the the, the two-game losing streak, and now they're going to try to look to get back on track. I mean, Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman, their quarterback, was just money at the end of that uh, game against Duke. And, you know, next week they have they host USC. So that'll be the marquee game for sure next week if we're looking ahead a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's do predictions. Uh, let's go CU and CSU. What do you got? All right, for CU, I'll start off. I do think they are going to be able to control that game and get a win. I'm going to go 38-20 Colorado, um, and, and I do think they're going to be able to get back on track here, get the win they need um, and going into next week's short week against Stanford on Friday night. Um, and then for CSU, I, I also am I'm a, I'm a believer. I do think they're, they're going to be able to go in there um, and win a close game. They might need to make a little bit of a late comeback, but um, I'm going to go 24-21 CSU. All right, so I, I agree with you. I think both teams get wins this week. I think I think the CU defense shows something this week against an inferior opponent. 
Maybe uh, Cormani gets his first pick. That would be something. He almost said it last close. week. Yeah. He almost said it last week. Yeah. That, that, but um, I'll go 38-17. I just think the Buffs have too much offense. I, I, I think they're yeah. going to score. Uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, with how tough it is to play in Logan, I think CSU will have a close game, maybe like a, I don't know, 28-24 kind of deal. So, so two wins for the home teams this week. I think that uh, I think this is going to be a nice little thing for CU and CSU to kind of get rolling again after some tough losses. So it, it'll be pretty exciting. Um, and then, okay, well, you think Wyoming gets it done against Fresno? We'll just throw that out there. Probably not, but yeah, probably I'll, not. Definitely, I'll definitely have my eye on that game for sure. <laughs> All right. All right, Tyler, thanks for coming on. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. Make sure you read all of Tyler's college football and a little college hockey in tomorrow's Denver Gazette, right? Yep, a little bit of DU, uh, DU preview this season. So uh, that'll be that'll be in tomorrow's Denver Gazette. But yeah, then Saturday, another full game day slate of, of coverage for me. All right, sounds good. Make sure to check all that out at denvergazette.com. And Tyler, we will talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.